There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning to the podcast. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh welcoming you to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. Uh, this devotional is uh, to be a help to you and strengthen you through this day. I do pray it is a help. I do pray it's a blessing to you. And we certainly are looking forward to what the Lord is going to do in the book of Hebrews as we continue in these podcasts. This, of course, is our second edition of the Hebrews podcast. And so we got many more to come. I'm estimating probably close to 50 different podcasts because of the doctrine of Hebrews. And therefore, we're going to just 10 short weeks and then we'll have to see what the Lord has from there. Hebrews chapter 1, we began yesterday deciding about the Word of God, dividing the Word of Truth, and I had thought about this yesterday, and I couldn't find it in my text, and I was too embarrassed to call and ask, so I was able to discover this, and a dear pastor who preached this last week on the podcast gave his testimony, he and his wife, his name's Brother Phil Seeley, he pastors up in Shingle House, Pennsylvania, and he had sent this a while ago concerning the book of Hebrews, I want to share this with you, I hope this is a help, I hope this is a blessing to you. But 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 17 says this, The salutation of Paul with mine own hand, which is the token in every epistle. So I write, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. The second epistle to Thessalonians was written from Athens. That's subscript in the King James Bible. And so he tells you the token of of my epistle is, is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So he lets you know that. Romans 16 and verse 24, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. 1 Corinthians 16, 21, the salutation of me, Paul, with mine own hand. If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. 2 Corinthians 13 and 14, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. The second epistle to the Corinthians was written from Philippi, a city of Macedonia, by Titus and Lucas. Again, a subscript. But what does he say? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Galatians 6, 18, brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen to the Galatians written from Rome, a subscript. Now, we we don't discount those subscripts in the Word of God. They're to instruct us to give us wisdom concerning the words of God. You say, well, somebody added that in there, but it gives us understanding. That's why it was added. And if you don't believe it, believe the doctrine of it. You say, I don't believe that was written to the Galatians from Rome. Well, have at it. Figure it out yourself. Ephesians 6, 23 and 24, Peace be to the brethren and love with faith. From God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Subscript to the Ephesians written from Rome by Tychicus. 
Philippians 4.23, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. To the Philippians, written from Rome by Epaphroditus. Colossians 4.18, a salutation by the hand of me, Paul. Remember my bonds. Grace be with you. Amen. Written from Rome to Colossians by Tychus and Onesimus. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 28, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And then it says the first epistle of Thessalonians was written from Athens. You follow the pattern here. 2 Thessalonians 3, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Then there's a subscript tells you second epistle of Thessalonians was written from Athens. 1 Timothy 6 and 21, grace be with thee. Amen. To the first of Timothy was written from Laodicea, which is the chiefest city of Phygra Pacatiana. 2 Timothy 4, 22. The second epistle unto Timotheus, when did he write this? The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. Titus 3.15, all that are with me salute thee. Greet them that love thee in the faith. Grace be with you all. Amen. And again, a subscript where it was written. Philemon 125, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And again, it tells you written from Rome to Philemon by Onesimus, a servant. But then Hebrews 13 says this. Know ye that our brother Timothy is set at liberty with whom if he comes shortly, I will see you. Salute all them that have the rule over you and all the saints. They of Italy salute you. Grace be with you all. Amen. Then there's a subscript written to the Hebrews from Italy by Timothy. And so what did he tell us in 2 Thessalonians? The salutation of Paul with mine own hand, which is a token in every epistle, so I write, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. It's amazing they believe all those other words except for the words that simply says that the Apostle Paul wrote this letter by the hand of Timothy while he was in Rome. They don't believe that. But the autograph, the signature of the evidence is that the grace be with you all. That is the token that Paul wrote by. That is his signature. And there's those that just like to dispute. In reality, there's those that dispute the hyper-dispensationalist disputes of the book of Hebrews is for the church. It's really not for us. It's just for the Jew. And yet so much doctrine is in the book of Hebrews, so many things that we need to understand. And that's why they're not local church. They, if you don't have Hebrews, you don't have the assembling of ourselves together. And if you don't have Hebrews, you don't have the lettuce of Hebrews. You don't have the chastening of God of Hebrews. You don't have the discipline. You don't have the book of faith of Hebrews. If it's just a motivational speech and it's not for us today, then you don't have much. But he tells you, he proves to you by the word of God. Thank you, Pastor Seely. I would have claimed that for my own, but I know he listens. And if you're going to plagiarize, as we've learned in recent news articles, don't be the president of a major university and get caught. Or don't be on the podcast and get caught. So I had to acknowledge Brother Seely because him and his wife are probably listening. His boys are probably listening. And I didn't want to get caught plagiarizing. But thank you for that. What a blessing that is. The grace be with you all. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. The signature of Paul. The token of Paul. And then that little subscript at the end, it tells you, was written by the hand of Timothy. And God did that. He let us see that. Let us know that. Let us understand that. Men of wisdom. See, all those things are disputed by men. All the theological debates, and yet they don't believe in the soul of Jesus Christ. They don't believe the offering of his soul. The man told me, he said, you're telling me that Jesus Christ became sin? I said, well, he was made sin for us. I, don't, I believe that's an absolute. I believe that's complete. I don't think that's partiality. You're telling me Jesus Christ himself became, and he, told, he said this. He said, I just don't believe that. This is a supposed Bible-believing, fundamental Baptist preacher uh, trying to, to revive a dead church, and he's going to go in there and say, I don't believe that Jesus Christ was became sin. 
Well, if you don't believe that, you certainly don't believe in the redemption. You don't believe in the offering of his soul. You don't believe in that blood-washed uh, soul. Why? Because you don't believe the doctrines of faith. And if you don't believe the book of Hebrews, you don't believe the doctrines of faith. And so therefore, as we study the book of Hebrews, we look at it by the eyes of faith. We look at it through my eyes. I realize I'm the one teaching. I'm the one preaching on the podcast. Thank you for those of you that support us and have some confidence in the podcast. But we're doing it by faith. It's a measure of faith it takes to do the podcast. And therefore, we believe God and trust God to give us the messages we need to preach and the words we need to say, try to be a help to some. Being so much made better than the angels. That's verse 4 of Hebrews 1. As he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said at any time, Thou art my son this day, have I begotten thee? And I had to go look at that in the book of Hebrews. And years ago, looking at this, I realized there's four things he tells you are better than the angels. There's four reasons the Son of God clearly right here in the book of Hebrews tells you he's better than the angels. Number one is in Hebrews chapter 7. And I know this may sound a little tepid to some of you, a little soft to some of you, but it's the reality of what it is. Uh, By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. So we have a better testament because of Jesus Christ, who's made better than the angels. Now, it's interesting, that word better there has the connotation of simply taking something which was good to begin with, but we're just making it better. And it's being made so much better than the angels. It's measurable. It's an understanding. Verse 19 of that chapter had told us this, for the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw nigh unto God. Now there's a lot that's said in that verse. What is that better hope? That hope is that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I've preached for years, that's a twofold event. It's not a singular event. That's not just the coming of the Lord, as so many often say. It's twofold. It's the blessed hope. What is the blessed hope? It's the redemption of the body. And that we shall not all die. We shall not all sleep, if you will, but we shall all be changed. That's the blessed hope. That we'll be translated in the likeness of his dear son. That's the blessed hope. Job spoke of it. He said, those skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. That is a better hope. And it's a better hope written of and a better testament. Why? He's made a little bit better than the angels were. And then in chapter 8, in one verse, it tells you two of those things. And the word of God said this in verse 6. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. What is that better covenant? Well, can I say first and foremost, as a Gentile, I'm going to view it through Gentile eyes. He's opened the way for me. I came to that brazen altar And I knelt at that brazen altar and the way was made for me because of that offering of that brazen altar. The way was made for me into that holy place where the mercy seat is, where that blood is upon the mercy seat for the cleansing of my sins. And I know the whole world is speaking of, singing about rather, and speaking of under the blood, I'm under the blood, my sins are all under the blood you know, I'm still covered by the blood. I'm still covered by the blood. And you know, and it's one of those things. I don't try to make a big deal about it too often, but uh, you get in trouble for saying things about that. But here's what Jesus Christ himself said of the blood. He didn't say anything about being under the blood or being covered by the blood in the New Testament. But he said about this, he said, being washed in his own blood. That means I'm clean. That is a better covenant. That is based upon a better promise. 
Why? We've been washed. We've been made clean. We've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Revelation 1.5, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Now, that's a better promise. Why? Because it's a better covenant. It's a better hope. And my friend, that is a better testament. Why? That he's washed us. We're no longer relying upon the blood of bulls and of goats. No longer looking at the blood of animals. He's washed us in his own blood. That is a wonderful promise. That is a better promise. That is not only a better hope, that is the greatest hope this world has ever known. That we can be washed from our sins. We no longer have to bear our own sins. We no longer just have to have a covering of the blood of animals. I'm not covered by the blood. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. My sins are gone. As far as the east is from the west, they're gone from me. Bury the depths of the deepest sea. My sins are gone. Hallelujah, my sins are gone. Go ahead and sing all the songs all you want. I'm not going to say amen. No offense. You know, somebody's up shouting around the aisles, you know, just to, to bother some of the brethren. I might jump up and shout, even if I don't agree with the song. But the reality, you start singing about washed in the blood, start singing about your sins being gone. I might just get a little bit emotional because I know my sins are gone. I was dead in trespasses and sins and he quickened me. He changed me and made me alive. That's a better promise. That's a better covenant. And my friend, that better promise said this, for that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. That tells you the first covenant had fault with it. Why? It was looking for the author, the finisher of our faith, which is Jesus Christ. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, but I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And he's done so. He has made that new covenant with us, that better covenant with the house of Israel. And by the way, I'm grafted in. Thank God for that. Amen. I got in on Israel's promise. He opened the door to the Gentiles, that better hope, that surety of a better hope was for the Gentiles, it was for you and I uh, that weren't born Jews, you and I not of the house of Israel, that we also might come to Christ and be washed in his own blood, and how we thank him and how we praise him. And then he said, for unto which of the angels said he at any time, thou art my son this day, have I begotten thee. Now listen, I may miss a couple here and there, there's so much in here, but I want to try to cover these scriptures. I do want to try to cover these prophecies. I want to try to cover whenever he speaks of those things in Scripture concerning his dear son. And I want to try to explain them from the Old Testament. But again, I may miss one here or there. And I, it just is going to be what it is. But therefore, the prophecy is fulfilled in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we know the prophecy here is Psalm chapter 2. It's pretty clear. In verse 7, I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. By the way, that is first person said unto me. This is Jesus Christ. This is the psalmist as he speaks by the Spirit of Christ. The Lord said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. Thank God there's that better promise. Thank God there's that better covenant. Thank God there's that better hope. There's a better testament. Why? He's made the heathen his inheritance. Thank God for that. Amen and amen. And the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Again, he said in verse 5 of Hebrews 1, for unto which of the angels said, any time thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. We'll stop there. We'll be back tomorrow on the book of Hebrews. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. 
and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.